You're listening to a live service from Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. We want to thank you so much for being here today. Thank you, singers and musicians, for your help. It's just a privilege and an honor to be in God's house with you today. And uh, we're grateful that you chose to come to the Lord's house today. I appreciate the presence of the Lord. I appreciate the anointing of the Holy Spirit. There's nothing like being in the presence of the Lord. And you know that don't just have to happen at church. But anywhere we are, we call upon the name of the Lord. He'll show up. Amen. And I'm very grateful for that today. I want you to go with me this morning to the book of 1 Corinthians. It's a familiar passage here to this church, a familiar story. I'm going to be honest with you. It's a little, I try to be plain. I try to not be complicated in anything that, that I present because if I'm, if I'm too complicated and just put out a lot of information, well, it's not something most likely that we're going to retain and be able to apply to our life. And so sometimes my study gets a little bit, uh, uh, well, I get more information than what we need to give. And so this morning, a very important subject that I've been looking at for, I don't know, three or four weeks, and uh, that I want to try my best to be plain to deliver to you, because it's vital that we understand uh, what we're going to be talking about this morning. And so uh, I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter number 1. We're going to look at other scriptures. They'll bring them up on the screen as we do. And uh, we'll, we can, you can either look there or look in your Bible. But it's always important to bring your Bible. You need to see the text. We're not dealing with something minute. We're, look, we're dealing with, 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 the, with the Word of God. And so uh, I just want to encourage you to bring your Bible uh, to the house of the Lord uh, so that you can follow along with us also. But I want you to see this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. Verses 18 through 23, I realize I'm cutting in the middle of this, but I want you to see this. I tell you what, Joe, can you back up to verse 17? Let's look at verses 17 through 23. The Apostle Paul writing here to Corinth, which is the home church, the church there at Corinth, and this is his first letter, a letter of correction to them, a letter of doctrine. And he writes to them, starting here, pay close attention. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with the wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them who perish foolishness. But unto us who are saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and I will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them who believe. For the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. But watch this. But we preach Christ crucified. Under the Jews, a stumbling block. Under the Greeks, foolishness. I want to read it again. But we preach Christ crucified, regardless of what they, their opinion was. Under the Jews, a stumbling block. And under the Greeks, foolishness. Now look at chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. 
And I, brethren, when I came unto you, came not with the excellency of speech or with the or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. I don't mean this unkind, and I don't mean to stop in the middle of my text, but if you listen to a lot of different preachers, it is a big fad today to try to come up with some kind of excellency of speech that will blow your mind. Paul didn't do that. He made it plain. And so a preacher ought to be able to make it plain today. Verse number two, for I determined, I made up my mind not to know anything among you save Christ and him crucified. I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of the power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. And I'll read verse 23 and then I'll hush. But we preach. But we preach Christ crucified under the Jews a stumbling block. And unto the Greeks foolishness. I want to do my best this morning to minister this thought, to teach, to preach this thought, the revelation of Christ and Him crucified. The revelation of Christ, new thought, and Him crucified. Christ and Him crucified. Will you help me pray? I need your prayers this morning that God would help us. Father, I love you today. I thank you, God, for your grace and for your mercy and your love, and I thank you for the opportunity, my Lord, to stand one more time, God, and to preach to your people, God, people that you died for, God, that you shed your blood, that we all might be saved. I'm asking you in the name of Jesus to open our ears to hear, hearts to receive, God, and anoint my lips, God, to deliver this already anointed word. I pray that your people are edified, that they are built up in the faith, that they would have a better understanding of your word. I'm just asking you to do a work that I can't do, Lord, and I'll be very careful to give you the praise, the glory, and honor. In the name of Jesus Christ, we ask it, and everybody says, Amen. At the age of 26 years old, I know I've told this before, I will forever tell it. At the age of 26 years old, after being raised up in a godly home, a home where my parents made me go to the house of the Lord, at the age of 26, I first started hearing and understanding the message of Christ and Him crucified. I'll never forget, me and Pastor Brian, we took a little mail route down the Court Charlotte area. We, went, we were in an area where we could get 97.7, and it doesn't come in here, it's not clear here. We would start listening. In fact, it got to where we were listening so much. There were things that we didn't understand. There were things that we didn't agree with. There were things that made us mad, and we would turn the radio off or turn the channel. And we're trying to keep up with everybody's names and addresses, flipping through the mail to make sure we get it in the right box. And then we start hearing about a man by the name of Lauren Larson that comes on at 12 o'clock. Well, right about 12 o'clock, we were hitting the Saffle post office, and we were getting mail and everything together there, and it got to where we were, I mean, I don't know if there's anybody faster casing mail and putting it, getting it in their box than what we was, because by 12 o'clock, we wanted to be in that truck where we could hear this man, Lauren Larson, because he was feeding our spirit. We were having an understanding of the Word of God that, like we had never heard before. And we would get back in and we would start listening as he would teach and as he would, uh, as he would preach. And he was laying out the, uh, the message of Christ and him crucified to us. 
Now, I've been in church all of my life. I've been uh, I, I saved most all of my life. I'm not perfect, but I am a man that truly always, even when I was not doing right, I always had a desire to serve God, a desire for the things of God. As a young man and growing up, I had a, a reverence for God and a love for God, and I, I, I wanted to serve the Lord, but I just didn't know how to serve God. I was bound by religion. I was bound by law. I was bound by dead works. I knew nothing about a relationship with the Lord. And my mentality of God was of a big, mean judge that was sitting upon a throne looking for an opportunity that I would mess up so he could knock me out of the kingdom. And I would find myself going back, repenting, and, uh, and trying to get saved and resaved and resaved and resaved and resaved. And I spent my life trying uh, uh, to do this. And then I heard over and over as we're listening uh, to this uh, radio program, we would hear over and over, the answer that you seek is found in the cross of Christ. The answer that you seek is found in the cross of Christ. See, I was miserable. I was pastoring this church and I was miserable. In fact, I was about to be short-lived because I'd even made the statement, I'm not going to continue... I can't even live for God. Why am I going to stand behind a pulpit and try to tell other people how to live for God? I was miserably saved. I'm not the only. I've had conversations with Brother Troy, conversations with his brother Michael as they started coming on to the message of the cross. And they will tell you, I can hear them and I can hear my testimony through what they will tell me. We were miserably saved. We were bound by religion, bound by law, bound by legalism. And when I started hearing the message of the cross, the first thing that come to mind is listen Christianity and living for God is not a list of rules and regulations it's a it's a relationship with a God that loved you enough to die for you so as we listen to the message and I heard the answer that you seek is found in the cross of Calvary I want you to know I understood nothing about that. Just like many that will come to Faith Worship Center and we make mention Christ and Him crucified and that won't make a lot of sense to them. I, I want you to understand today. I remember listening to it one day and Pastor Brian looked at me and he said what does he even mean by that? What does he even mean that it's found in the cross of Christ? I said I don't know but something in my spirit, something in my heart says this is right this is right if we turned it off we had to turn it back on if we put it away we had to come back and see what they were talking about the next day something in my spirit let me tell you something natural things are discerned by natural man spiritual things are discerned by spiritual man you may not understand it all but when your spirit man says this is right you need to lend an ear and listen and as over and over again, I'm listening to this and he's saying, this is right. When it finally came together in me, it didn't just change my life. Listen to what I'm about to say. I'm 41 year old. I love God. I'm not a perfect man, but I try to live for God. I try to walk in the Spirit. A lot of times I begin my prayers. I'm walking across my front yard in the morning going out to feed the horses. I get them fed, get them in their stall, and then I'm, I've got a little time while they're eating. And if they sit in there a little bit, it's not no major deal. But as I'm walking across the yard, there's a lot of times I walk across in tears saying, My God, thank you for keeping your hand upon me and my wife last night. God, I know today as I begin my day before the sun ever comes up, if I rely on myself, I'm going to fail you. So I 
I place my faith in Jesus and what He did for me on the cross of Calvary. God, I need grace today more than I needed it yesterday. Yesterday is gone. I'm faced with today. I'm asking for the grace of God to flow in my life. I place my faith in Jesus and what He did for me on the cross of Calvary. And it never fails. The presence of the Lord will come upon me. I know that I know that I know that He is with me. And I am in relationship with Him. My desire is not only to preach Christ and Him crucified because God's Word has been opened up to me in a great way. But my desire is that others may come into relationship with Him. What Jesus done for us on the cross of Calvary has made a way for us to be in relationship. I'm not miserably saved anymore. Listen, if you're here this morning and you're miserably saved, you don't have to be miserably saved. And nobody that is miserably saved is going to admit it probably. But if you're living for the Lord out of works and out of a list of things that you've got to do just to stay in relationship with God, I want you to know you're doing it all wrong. Because if we have our faith properly placed in Christ, it's not that we got to do this. I don't have to read the Bible. I don't have to go to church. I don't have to pray. If my faith is in Christ, I want to read my Bible. I want to pray. I want to be in the house of God because I've got a relationship with Jesus Christ. If our desires are not that, something's wrong. Something is broken. And so my prayer has been, Lord, help me to learn and to be able to preach Christ and Him crucified that others may understand and once again enjoy the relationship with God. Live for God and enjoy that. The revelation of Christ and Him crucified, I want you to listen, I want to teach you a little bit. It's two part. Who is Christ? And it's also what He accomplished on the, on, on the cross of Calvary. It's Christ, who He is. It's the work of the finished work of the cross, what He accomplished. What He provided for us and how that He made provision for everything that He would give to us. The purpose of Jesus Christ going to the cross of Calvary. You do understand that if Jesus just would have come and never died, that there wouldn't have been single, one single sin atoned for. And if there wasn't any sin atoned for, we couldn't be in right relationship with Him. We couldn't be in relationship. We'd just be under the old covenant where... My sins will be rolled forward for one year, and I'm waiting on a great high priest to come and to make the sacrifice for me. The revelation of Christ and Him crucified is two-part, and I, I want to start here. I want to take you back first to the revelation of Peter that I mentioned last week. In fact, I've mentioned it the last couple of weeks, but Peter had a revelation of who Christ was. Paul had the revelation of what he accomplished. Listen to what I'm saying. I want you to get this. There's a reason we say Christ and Him crucified. I'm not just saying it because it's a text in the Bible. I'm not just saying it because it's a, it's a different message than what most or any other churches are preaching. I'm not just saying it because Lauren Larson says it. And I don't mean that disrespectful. And if he listens to this and sometimes he does, he knows I don't mean that disrespectful. I'm not saying it because I, I reverence him as a spiritual father to me in the faith. But the fact of the matter is, if something happened, he passes away. Everybody in the world quits preaching Christ and him crucified. I'm going to preach Christ and him crucified or I won't preach at all. Paul had the revelation of what he accomplished. Before what he accomplished is significant, we first got to rightfully acknowledge who Jesus is. Not everybody knows who Jesus is. 
When Jesus sat down with the woman at the well, you don't even know what you worship. Not everybody knows who Jesus is. Well, he's the Son of God. Yeah, but do you know him? Well, he died on the cross. Yeah, but do you know him? Well, he's the way to be saved. Yes, but do you know him? It's not just know who he is. It's experience him. Experiential knowledge. Do you know who Jesus is? Matthew chapter 16. I want you to see this. Verses 15 through 17. He says this. He said unto him, Who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ. Get this. He's starting to tell him who he is. You're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. Verse number 17, Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. You need to get this. Go back. He says, Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Flesh and blood has not revealed this unto you, but my Father which is in heaven. Simon, Peter, Simon. Had a revelation unto God. In other words, the word revelation, he had something uncovered to him. He had the barrier between the natural and the spiritual that was uncovered and it was revealed to him. Jesus, a man standing there in flesh and blood, he said, you're not a common man like me. You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus says, blessed are you. Because your spiritual eyes are being opened up, Simon. Flesh and blood's not give this to you. Get that. you got to get that because it's another place in Scripture I'm going to bring to you. Flesh and blood did not reveal this to him. But his Father, which was in heaven. His revelation continues to grow. He says, you're the Son of the living God. Listen, there are no other gods that are alive that are worshipped today. Every other god that is worshipped is in a grave somewhere. Jesus Christ is the only living God today. He says, you're the son of the living God. You're the God of life. In verse number 17, he didn't receive this knowledge of man. It was uncovered to him. And after he received this, we read about Peter going on in the book of Acts. I've got to move on. But in the book of Acts, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, Peter's revelation becomes more plain and more vivid of who Jesus is. Let me tell you today, believer, listen to what I'm about to say. You may know Christ. You may be born again. You may be saved and on your way to heaven. We sang about it earlier. You may know that your name is in the Lamb's book of life. You've got a robe. You've got a crown. But you should... We should forever be learning more and more about who Christ is. Your revelation of Christ is not over. As he's revealed to us more and more. Watch this. Peter's becomes more and more. In Acts chapter number 2 and verse number 22. Watch this. He stands up on the day of Pentecost. He begins to preach and he says this. You men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man appointed of God by you by miracles and wonders and signs which God did by him in the midst of you as you yourselves also know. Watch this. Verse 23. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God you have taken and by wicked hands you have crucified and slain. 
slain. Verse 24, whom God has raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. Verse 25, for David speak concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is on the right hand that I should not be moved. In verse number 26, therefore did my heart rejoice and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. He's starting to see more clear who he is and what he has done. He says this, if we go, we got to read it on. Because thou will not leave my soul in hell, neither will thou suffer the Holy One to see corruption. Thou hast made known unto me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. I don't mean to keep reading, but we got to see it. Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch of David, that he was both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. And verse number 30, Therefore being a prophet, and knowing that God has sworn by an oath to him, that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He's telling us he is the one of the loins of David seeing this before spoke of the resurrection of Christ that his soul was not left in hell neither his flesh did see corruption now watch this this Jesus this Jesus this Jesus there were several named Jesus he wanted to be plain this Jesus has God raised up wherefore we are all witnesses Therefore, being by the right hand of God, just like David said, having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed for this which you now see and hear. What did he shed forth? For David is not set on the into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said to my Lord, Set thou on my right hand, in verse 35, until I make thy, fo- thy foes a, fo- a footstool. Therefore, let all of the house of Israel know assuredly that God has made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, watch this, both Lord and Christ. This Jesus that you crucified, God made Him Lord and God made Him Christ. In verse number 36, He says this, by Lord and Christ, He is the supreme master. He's the King of kings. He's the Messiah. His revelation is becoming more and more and more plain. In Acts chapter number 3, he gives us a little more. And I'll quit boring you with Scripture. Peter saw it. He answered to the people. He said, you men of Israel, why marvel you at this? Or why you look so earnestly on us as though by our own power or holiness we have made this man to walk? The God of Abraham. Watch this. He's talking about this Jesus. The God of Isaac. The God of Jacob. The God of our fathers has God has glorified His Son Jesus, whom He had delivered up and denied Him in the presence of Pilate when He was determined to let Him go. And verse number 14, But you denied, watch this, it's becoming more clear, He's the Holy One. He's the one that is just. And you desired a murder to be granted unto you. In verse 15, you killed the prince of life. Now he's the prince of life. And God has raised him from the dead. Whereof we are all witnesses. In verse number 16, and his name, through faith in his name, has made this man whole, strong, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith which is by him has given him his perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Peter said he's both Lord and he's Christ. 
He's the Holy One. He is the Just One. He is the Prince of Life. I want you to know Peter got a revelation of who Jesus was. Jesus is the root and the offspring of David. Jesus is the fairest of ten thousands. Jesus is the lily of the valley. Jesus is the Alpha and the Omega. The beginning and the end. He's the first. He's the last. He is Emmanuel. God with us. He is the Son of the living God. The Great I am we need to know that we know that we know who Jesus is today he is the great I am in Acts chapter number 3 watch this revelation of Christ by the revelation of Christ and faith in his name they seen miracle my voice is already weak you're going to have to give me some moniker they, they seen miracle after miracle all they had was faith they didn't have Paul's revelation yet I want you to see that we don't got Paul's revelation yet. Paul's not even saved by now. And all of a sudden, uh, they see miracle after miracle. We just read the ending. Peter and John comes up to a lame man at a gate called Beautiful. Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he goes leaping and running. Uh, all they got is the revelation of Christ. Uh, we see where Peter was in jail. But the jail was opened up because of the saints that were praying and they let him loose. Uh, in the book of Acts, uh, there were people being healed just by putting them in Peter's shadow. Uh, in the book of Acts, there were jails being opened demons that were being cast out multitudes that were being saved believers being filled with the Holy Spirit and all they had was a revelation of Christ they didn't have the next part of it but I want you to know if you read the book of Acts you can't help but to know that just by the revelation of who Jesus is there were some mighty powerful miracles that were taking place. In fact, they set the world on fire. They set the world on fire. And the Lord began to spread all throughout because of their voice and because of their refusal to quit to preach Jesus Christ as Lord and of Christ. Peter said he is Christ. He's the anointed one. As Lord, he's the King of Kings, the Supreme Master. And without taking away from that, because this revelation come first. It's not complete without the revelation of what he accomplished on the cross of Calvary. Because what he accomplished on the cross made a way that you could become in a relationship with this holy God. Have I lost you? Are you with me? Here's what I want to establish so far. I don't care if I'm slowing down and teaching. I don't care. I want you to get this truth. This is what I want you to establish. Paul's not even begun to teach his doctrine yet of the new covenant. And they're already, have already seen all these great works and miracles happen just because of the revelation that they had of who Jesus was. All right? Are you with me? They had Christ, but they only had him in part. I want to be plain about Peter's revelation because it's powerful. I'm going to make a bold statement, but I don't mean it offensive. Much of the church is stuck right here. Much of the church is stuck right here. They believe in the signs and wonders. They believe in miracles. They know that Jesus is Christ, the Son of the living God. 
I don't mean this unkind, but it's the truth. I'm going to just say it. But they know nothing about holiness and know nothing about being changed and living for the Lord. I don't mean this unkind. I don't ever mean this unkind. But I have sat in restaurants where people, now if they don't dress a certain way, if they dress a certain way because that's the way that they want to dress and that and their heart, I can't judge their heart. But if people dress a certain way because the religion tells them to do that, and they are doing it out of a law or a work, is that okay? That's wrong. That is wrong. If you're trying to dress to be holy, <laughs> sorry, my friend, it's not going to work. It will never work. I have sat in restaurants with people that have dressed a certain way to make sure that everybody knew there was a part of a certain crowd. And you let the waitress get one single thing wrong. And I'm embarrassed to set two booths behind them. And if the waitress come down to me, I'm sorry, y'all, this is just what I do. I'm going to encourage her. Even if she just got chewed out, I'm going to say, you're doing a great job. Thank you for what you're doing. I don't care what they said. They need a little encouragement after they just got a tongue lashing. Most of the church is sitting right here. They believe in the power of Pentecost. They believe in Jesus and, and for salvation. They believe in the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But we don't want to move on to Paul's revelation. We preach Christ. I've had preachers boldly tell me, you can't mix something with Christ. It's not Christ in the cross. It's Christ alone. That is true. If you don't move out of the book of Acts, but when you get in the New Testament epistles, you will learn Paul didn't just preach Christ. He preached Christ and Him crucified. And if you want a full gospel, we must preach Christ and Him crucified. We must. I'm going back to our text. I want you to, I, I, well, let me, hang on. Let me, I'm getting ahead of myself. Peter had a revelation. Paul also had a revelation. Peter had the revelation who Christ is. Paul had the revelation of what Christ accomplished. I want you to look at Galatians 1, 12 through 16, and I'll explain just a couple of things. For I neither, this is Paul talking, I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it by the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it. Verse 14, and profited in the Jews' religion above many of my equals in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace, watch this, to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen, what did he do? Immediately, I conferred not with flesh and blood. How did Peter get his revelation? Jesus said, flesh and blood didn't give this to you. Paul said, I didn't confer with flesh and blood. You know where he was at? He was with Peter. He was sat with Peter for three days. Uh, he saw some of the other disciples, but not many of them. But when the Lord began to move upon his heart, Bible scholars don't even know, but there's a period of some seven to 11 years, he left. 
He wasn't sitting under the disciples. He wasn't listening to their interpretation of the gospel. He wasn't sitting under the Jews and under law. He left. He got alone with God. He conferred not with flesh and blood. He didn't want any flesh. He didn't want any of the human man involved in his revelation. He said, God, you're moving upon me. You're dealing with my heart. What is it that you want me to give? Peter got a revelation from God. Paul got a revelation from God. Peter's revelation was who Jesus was. Paul's revelation is what he accomplished. My Lord. And he conferred not with flesh and blood. This didn't come from man. I've had so many tell, people tell me, oh, that gospel, it's a man-made gospel, a man-made name. You need to move out of that. My Lord, I'm going to say, open your Bible and read the Word, my friend. I'm not always right. There's more times I'm wrong than what I'm going to be right. But when you look into the gospel, you cannot get around Christ and Him crucified. Paul got a revelation it was to Paul that the meaning of the new covenant was given and he brought everything together you know there are churches that are giving men credit for bringing all of the loose ends of the new covenant together whosever name they mention let me tell you unless it's the apostle Paul they're wrong they're dead wrong it was to Paul that the revelation was given. And you know how he proved the new covenant? He'd done it by Old Testament examples. <laughs> oh, I'm liking this a lot more than what you are. I'll go back to our text. I'll just jump to three scriptures. Look at this. Paul says this in verse number 18. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us who are saved. Who's saved in here this morning? Unto us who are saved, it is the power of God. Verse number 23, for we preach Christ and Him crucified. To the Jews, a stumbling block. And to the Greeks, it's foolishness. Verse number 2 in chapter number 2, he says, For I am determined to know nothing among you save Jesus Christ and Him crucified. He didn't separate Christ from the cross. He didn't separate the cross from Christ. Because I want you to know, to those that would say, It's not Christ and the cross, it's faith in Christ alone. My friend, I'm not always right. Right? But on this subject, you are wrong. You cannot separate Jesus Christ from what He did on the cross of Calvary. Preach Christ and, the, and Him crucified. Paul's revelation is given to us in detail through Romans, though it's echoed in all of his epistles. Here's what the believer must understand by Paul's revelation, or by Paul and Peter. The revelation of Christ that Peter give us, watch this. It's talking about his immeasurable power. All things are possible to them that believe. Because I'm going to be bold, but I mean what I say. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what you're facing. Whatever it is, it's not greater than what Christ is able to perform in your life. Amen. Two or three of us believe that. The rest of you believe it, you'll start seeing the Lord work. Listen, it's not greater. It is not greater than Christ. It's not greater than Christ. Your problem is not greater than Christ. Your heartache not greater than Christ. Your addiction is not greater than Christ. Listen, uh, Peter give us the revelation that Jesus Christ is greater than anything we'll ever face. His power is greater. Revelation of his work that Paul give us is what he accomplished through his sacrifice to make a way. Watch this. 
for you to be in relationship. I'm going to tie Acts together in just a second, but listen. Peter's revelation, who Christ is. Paul's revelation, what he accomplished. Do you know why he did it? To bring us into relationship, a one-on-one relationship. He done what he done to bring us into a one-on-one relationship with him. <laughs> Listen, he done what he done to bring you into a one-on-one relationship with Christ. It's a good time for me to ask, do you have a relationship with Jesus? Well, I go to church, that's not what I ask. I've had people say, well, I still pray, you know, I still cry out to the Lord. And Do you have a relationship with the Lord? That's what I'm asking. When we look at this, Paul gave us Romans, and he's explaining to us because his revelation is laid out in the book of Romans. He says this, and I, uh, because of the cross of Calvary, I'm going all the way 1 through 16. I'm going to jump and skip real quickly, but listen, because of the cross of Calvary, that you can access now everything that God made available to us because of his finished work on the cross of Calvary. Chapters 1 through 3. He's saying this, because of the cross, we're not under law anymore. Read the Bible. Because of the cross, you're not under law anymore. He'll say this, no flesh has ever been justified by the law. No flesh. That means all of the patriarchs of old, nobody has ever been justified by the law. And Romans 1 through 3. Romans 1 through 3 also tells this, because of the cross, we're all on level ground, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He tells us in Romans 4, because of the cross, uh, you need to understand, every sinner can be justified by faith, and every believer can remain justified by their faith, all because of the cross of Calvary. In Romans 5, he says, listen, because of the cross, you not only are justified, you have peace with God. You have peace with God because of the cross. He's given us the revelation. In Romans chapter 6, because of the cross, he says you have been baptized into Jesus Christ. Because of the cross, the power of sin has been broken in your life. Because of the cross, the old man has been buried. Because of the cross, a new man has been raised up. Because of the cross, I've got a new master and it is righteousness. I'm no longer serving sin. I love verse number 14. Because of the cross, sin shall not have dominion over my life. All because of the cross. Romans chapter number 8. Because of the cross, there is now no more condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. Romans 8, because of the cross, you're not a conqueror. You are more than a conqueror through Jesus Christ. Because of the cross, uh, nothing shall separate me from the love of an almighty God. Because of the cross, Romans 9 through 16, practical Christian living, uh, there is nothing, absolutely nothing that God cannot do in your life as long as you keep your faith in Christ and what He did for you on the cross of Calvary. Peter said who he is. Paul said what he's accomplished. That is to bring us into a relationship with him. I've lost my notes, I'm sorry. Because of the cross. By faith in Christ and what he accomplished. You can be saved. You can be delivered. 
You can be set free. You can be healed. You can be restored. Your family can be restored. Your marriage can be restored. You as an individual can be restored. Life's got a way of gutting us. You can be restored. Peter gave us his unmeasurable, uncomparable power. But Paul gave us how this power works in us and through us. The revelation of Christ given to us by Peter and given to us by Paul simply states as the gospel, anybody and everybody can be saved. Anybody and everybody can be free. Anybody and everybody can be changed. Anybody and everybody can, be, can receive the benefits of what Jesus gave for us on the cross of Calvary. I want to say this. You go back and you read the miracles of Acts. We read about some mighty works, miracles. I mean mighty powerful works in the book of Acts. Stay with me just to say I hope I haven't lost you. Peter's telling us about that power. Paul's telling us how that power works in us. And when we look at the message of Christ and him crucified, the apostle Paul made Jesus personable and individual. Paul is telling the individual, examine your faith. Paul is telling the individual, flee from fornication, adultery, murder, envy, and strife. Flee from all of these things. Paul is telling the individual, come out from among them and be you separate. But he doesn't tell us what to do by telling us how that it's going to be developed in our heart and in our life. I want to tell you this, and I don't want to take away from anything from the book of Acts, but when I read about Peter and John at the, at the gate called Beautiful and the lame man getting up and running, there's something that starts to build up inside of me. I start to read about Paul and Silas stretched out on the jailhouse floor and the place begins to shake and chains begin to fall off. Something inside of me begins to rise up. It's the power of the Holy Spirit. Now here's what I want you to see. That's Peter's revelation. Paul's revelation is this. That same miracle working power that we read about in the book of Acts ought to be working on us individually to tear down things and to change things in us that Nobody else knows about. I don't want my best friend to know that I've got an attitude problem. I don't want them to know I got a problem with my temper. I don't want them to know I got a problem with my mouth. Let me tell you something. Some of the greatest miracles that I can witness is the individual miracles that has happened in my own heart that nobody else knew anything about. But God the Holy Spirit, because of my faith in Christ and what he did for me on the cross of Calvary, Paul taught me how to access everything that Jesus already paid for on the cross. And as long as I keep my faith in him, if I could sing, I'd sing the song. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. Took him just a week to make the moon and the stars. uh, All of these things. But I want you to know that God is still working on me. You want to talk about a miracle? You take a man uh, that has a craving uh, for a drug and all of a sudden he don't desire it anymore. You take an individual got a filthy mouth uh, and God the Holy Spirit is working in them uh, and they start to talk a whole lot cleaner. Uh, You take somebody got an attitude problem and it's broke. uh, A temper problem and it's broke. Uh, You take a husband or a wife that don't treat their spouse fairly that starts allowing God to work and they start to treat their spouse better. That's a miracle. We can't overlook 
I come to tell you, Peter, I feel like I've blowed it this morning, but Peter gave us the revelation of who Jesus was. Paul gave us the revelation of how to let that power work in me. And that's why we preach Christ and Him crucified. We preach Christ and Him crucified. Because I'm not going to just tell you what God can do without telling you how to let Him do it in your life. You don't have much of a problem this morning. But tomorrow, when you hit your thumb with that hammer, the giggles means I'm hitting home. Tomorrow, when your boss chews you out for no reason. Tomorrow morning, when your spouse, I'm speaking of me, not Sister Becky, wakes up in not the best mood. Come on, I know you're married. Don't act like that you just beauty and roses all the time. Marriage is something we work at. I might need to preach on marriage tonight. Got some lying spouses in here this morning. I understand nobody's going to amen. <laughs> We're smarter than that. Peter, give us the revelation of who Jesus is. Paul said, now listen. Here's how you get that to work in your life. Listen. I place my faith in Jesus and what he done for me on the cross of Calvary. Why is it and he done what he done for me? Because it was that event, that event where the power was released to break everything that you will ever face in life. I think we missed it. <laughs> Am I getting anywhere? Listen, I want you to understand this. If you're going to overcome something, you got to get something stronger. If you're going to overcome something, you got to get something stronger. The winner in arm wrestling is whoever's the strongest. If you're going to overcome, you got to get something stronger. And when it comes to the things that is embedded deep down in our heart, the only thing that is greater than that is not a self-help program. I'm going to get a little mean, but you got to love me to go to heaven. It's not a self-help program. It's not a new book about your best life now. It's not a 12-step program. The only thing that is stronger than whatever is going on in your heart is what Jesus Christ did for you on the cross of Calvary. It was there. It was defeated. It was there that it was broken. It was there that it was overcome. And if you want that extended to you, you must place your faith in Christ and what He did for you on the cross of Calvary. We preach... Christ and Him crucified because it's the only message of the Bible. There's no excuse of why that we're not living for God and God's not working in us because of the revelation that we have from Peter and from Paul. Paul's doctrine is the doctrine of the new covenant and it's how that we're in one-on-one relationship with Him. Would you stand with me this morning? I want, to bow, I want you to bow your head with me all across the building. Close your eyes, everybody being reverent this morning. It's time for the Lord to move upon hearts and lives. I want to end by saying this. 
There are multitude, I know I've talked to many, of believers that gets frustrated just trying to live for the Lord. We have the war going on between our spirit man and our flesh. We know what God wants. Our fleshly man wants something else. And most times, I don't want to say most times, but all times, sounds a lot easier. If I just go on and let the flesh do what the flesh wants to do, quit trying to live for God and things will be a lot easier, a lot simpler. That struggle, that struggle is what makes us miserable. Absolutely miserable. In a place where I'm miserable and I hate being miserable. I'm going to tell you this morning. Even at the times that I was miserably saved. I just could not walk away from God. I just couldn't do it. Because he done got too deep in my heart. I couldn't get him out of my mind. I couldn't get him out of my spirit because I knew that I knew that living for God was right. That Jesus loved me enough to die for me. And that truth was such a foundation that I just could not brush it off. What we deal with today, I don't keep you standing, but just a second, just let me talk to you. What we deal with today is churches giving a false way to live for God. We deal with Christianity being so divided that nobody knows what's right and what's wrong. People wanting to live for God, but not sure how because of the confusion. I just come this morning. I didn't preach it like I wanted to preach it. But I come to tell you this morning. You don't got to live miserably saved. You don't got to live struggling from one to the other. I didn't tell you that it's all going to be a bed of roses. But I want you to know that God has provided everything that you as an individual need in order to be in an individual relationship with Him. He said, I'm going to give them grace, the power of the Holy Spirit, to work in their heart and work in their life. And I'm going to give them full access if they'll just place their faith in my Son, Jesus, and what He did for me on the cross. They're going to have the help of the Holy Spirit. This morning, While the individual is under, and I mean this respectfully, but under my watch, under my voice, I don't want anybody that truly wants to live for God to leave not knowing how to live for God. The reason we preach Christ and Him crucified is because it is the answer for anybody and everybody, no matter who you are. And it is the true way to live for the Lord and to allow them 
the Holy Spirit to work in your life. So here's my altar call this morning. If you're here, you're miserably saved. If you're here and you don't know Christ, if you're here and you're struggling with something in your life, I come to tell you, the answer that you seek is found in the cross of Christ. The answer that you're searching for is found in the cross of Christ. If you'll place your faith in Christ and what He did for you on the cross, the power of God once again will begin working in your life. The Holy Spirit will begin to change your desires, to lead you, to guide you, and to direct you. You can have a relationship with God, and you can live for God in a right way by simple faith in what He's already provided for you on the cross of Calvary. If you're here this morning, you said, that's me. I just want to give you an opportunity to come, to find yourself a place to pray. I want you to know, I don't just do an altar call to be doing it because that's how we end services. We're supposed to end a truth that has touched your heart with an opportunity to apply it to your life right then. It's not to wait, it's not to tarry, but it's to say, God, right now, this truth begins to bear witness in my life, and I want to apply it by faith right now. That's you this morning. I ask you to come. You're miserably saved. You're struggling. You don't know Christ. Would you come? Would you come this morning? Come on, would you come? Come on, would you come this morning? Anybody at all? Would you come and say, I just need to spend just a couple of moments. But Lord, right now, here am I. I place my faith in Christ and what he did on the cross of Calvary. Anybody else, would you come? Is God working in your life? Is the Holy Spirit leading you, guiding you in your life? Come on, would you come? It's a good time to pray. I'm going to open the altars up. If you want to come this morning, nothing else, just say, Lord, I'm thankful for what you did for me on the cross of Calvary. I'm thankful for that revelation. I'm thankful for Jesus, that it was a complete work. Come on, would you come? Let's find ourselves a place to pray. And thank God for that great revelation. If you were blessed by this message, you can find us on Facebook at Faith Worship Center, Porsche, Arkansas. Our contact for prayer or donations is by mail, Faith Worship Center, P.O. Box 296, Porsche, Arkansas. 72457. Through Messenger or PayPal, you can find that link on Facebook also. Thank you and God bless you and your family.